0: Chapter 7 of Three Weeks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gail Timmerman Vaughn. Three Weeks by Eleanor Glynn. Chapter 7 At dinner that night, the lady came in after Paul was seated. She was all in black velvet, stately and dignified and fine. She passed his chair and took her seat not the faintest sign of recognition on her face and although he was prepared for this for some reason his heart sank for a moment her demeanor was the same as on the first night he had seen her hardly raising her eyes eating little of the most exquisite food and appearing totally unconscious of her neighbours or their ways she caused a flutter of excitement at the english table the only other party except two old men in a corner who had dined so late and they were halfway through their repast before she began hers paul was annoyed to see how they stared stared at his lady but what joy it was to sit there and realize that she was his his very own and only four nights ago he had been a rude stranger too criticizing her every movement and drinking too much port with annoyance over it all and now his whole life was changed he saw with new eyes and heard with new ears even his casual observation was altered and sharpened so that he noticed the texture of the cloth and the quality of the glass and the shape of the room and its decoration and how insupportably commonplace the good english family seemed that bread and butter miss with her pink cheeks and fluffy hair without a hat women's hair should be black and grow in heavy waves he was certain of that now how like them to come into a foreign restaurant hatless just because they were english and must impose their customs he sat and mused on it all as he looked at his velvet-clad queen a sense of complete joy and satisfaction stealing over him his wild excitement and emotion calmed for the time the delightful sensation of sharing a secret with her a love secret known only to themselves think if these philistines guessed at it even their faces and at this thought paul almost laughed aloud with passionate interest he absorbed every little detail about his lady how exactly she knew what suited her how refined and grande dame and quiet it all was and what an air of breeding and command she had in the poise of her little greek head what did it matter what age she was or of what nation what did anything matter since she was his and at that thought his heart began to beat again and cause him to speculate as to his evening would she let him come back to the terrace room after dinner, or must he get through the time as best he could? When he had left her, half-dazed with joy and languor, no arrangements had been made, no definite plans settled. But, of course, she could not mean him not to wish her goodnight. Not now. For one second before she left the room their eyes met. She raised a red rose, which she had taken from the silver vase, casually to her lips, and then passed out. But Paul knew she had meant the kiss for him, and his whole being was uplifted. It was still pouring with rain, no possible excuse to smoke on the terrace. It might be wiser to stay in the hall. Surely Dmitri would come along with some message before very long, if he was patient and awaited her pleasure. But ten o'clock struck, and there was no sign. Only the English youth, Percy Trevelyan, had got into conversation with him, and was proposing billiards to pass the time. All loved billiards, but not to-night. Heavens, what an idea. Go off to the billiard-room, now, to-night. He said he had a headache, and answered rather shortly, in fact, and then, to escape further importunity, went up to his sitting-room, there to await the turn of events, leaving poor little Mabel Trevilian gazing after him with longing eyes. "'Did you see at dinner how he stared at that foreign person, Mamma? she said. "'Men are such fools.' Clarkson told me, as she fastened my dress tonight, she'd heard she was some grand duchess or queen traveling incognito for her health. Very plain and odd-looking. Didn't you think so, Mamma? And quite old. No, dear, most distinguished. Not a girl, of course, but quite the appearance of a princess, said Mabel's mother, who had seen the world. Paul, meanwhile, paced his room, and anxious excitement was now his portion. Surely, surely, she could not mean him not to see her, not to say one little good night what should he do what possible plan invent as eleven chimed he could bear it no longer rain or no he must go out on the terrace those mad english the porter said to himself as he watched paul's tall figure disappear in the dripping night and there till after twelve he paced the path under the trees but no light showed the terrace gate was locked it was chilly and wet and miserable and at last he crept back utterly depressed to bed but not to sleep even his youth and health were not proof against the mad emotions of the day he tossed and turned a thousand questions singing in his brain was it really he who had been chosen by this divine woman for her lover and if so why was he alone now instead of holding her in his arms what did it all mean who was she where would it end but here he refused to think further. He was living at all events, living as he had never dreamed was possible, and yet, poor Paul, he was only on the rim of all that he was soon to know of life. At last he fell asleep, one sentence ringing in his ears, tears, and cold steel, and blood. But if he was young, he was a gallant gentleman, and fear had no place in his dreams. End of chapter 7